All right, we turn again to the book of 1 John, chapter 4. 1 John, chapter 4, we're reading today verses 7 through 21. This is the second of a, uh, a, large, uh, a second large section where the Apostle Paul discusses love for our brothers and sisters. And you will see that it's, a, it's something that he comes back to again and again throughout this letter. But there's two sections where he expounds on it at great length. And uh, so this is the second. The first one is in chapter 3, verses 11 through 18. And then the, this is the second in chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. And that's what we're going to consider this morning. So let's give attention to God's holy and inspired word. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. This is God's holy inspired word. Let's pray. Oh Lord, you are the all-wise God who knows all things. You know us perfectly. You know this world perfectly. There's nothing hidden from your sight. And you are able to teach us and tell us what is right, what is good, what is true. And so, Lord, we pray that even as you have given us this word, that you would give us the faith to see it, to believe it, and to trust in you more when you tell us to do these things. Oh, Lord, we pray that by your Spirit you would awaken our hearts to be able to see the greatness of what you have revealed in your word. That you would teach us today, not only one who speaks, but also those who hear. And that we would, by your Spirit, be strengthened in our love and go in greater commitment to serve you in this world and to love in the way that you have loved us. So, Lord, open up our eyes to your love today so that we might love one another. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a lot of reasons why we shouldn't love people. I mean, they abandon us. They exclude us. They make alliances against us. 
They attack us. They leave us. They disrespect us. They insult us and on and on. And I'm just talking about the church here. I'm not even beginning to talk about the world. And yet into this world that's like that, these types of relationships, we have a shocking command in this passage which tells us, in spite of all that, love one another. And John knew what this world was like. He knew what the church was like. He, he grew up in the, amongst the people of God and he had seen them crucify Jesus, put him to death. He had seen how they were treated. He had experienced persecution. He had experienced the trials and troubles of the church that somewhat his letters about. But into that he says, we are still called to love one another. But John knew that it was hard. John, John knew what it was like to try and love in this world when there's so many challenges, so many differences, so many things that are wrong. And so in this passage, he gives us a variety of encouragements that seek to encourage us, energize us, empower us to love one another. <clears throat> so I want to look at this passage and, and organize it in this way, looking at 10 reasons why we should love one another. Ten reasons why we should live one another. And that's what we're going to go through as this sermon. There's a lot of things he says here. We could probably get, make it more than ten. But ten's a nice round number, so we'll just stick with that. So, the first reason. We should love each other because God's children love like God. Notice that he says here, right after he says to love one another, he says, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. We are not the source of love God is. All love comes from God. And those who are God's children love like God. The sure sign that we are born of God and have received the image, have the image of God restored in us is that we are people who love. And so that calls us then to love. We should let that love shine forth that God has already put in our hearts. We should do it for our own encouragement. To show ourselves that we are the children of God. We should do it for the blessing of others. And we should also do it for the glory of God. Because it shows forth the image of God. That's what love does. It shows people the way of God. And so we should love each other because God's children love like God. Second, we should love each other because God is love. Now many people can claim to know God. Many people know things about God. However, John gives us an acid test to show us what it means to to determine if we really know God and have fellowship with Him. He says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And so how do we know then the opposite is also true? We know that we know God when we love other people. When we love like He loves. That is what it means to really know and have fellowship with the Lord. I've known plenty of people who have had an interest in knowing things about God. They've studied theology, and they could say it eloquently, but yet lacked love. And so it didn't value them. As Paul says and warned, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And again, I'm talking as one who likes to study theology. I love studying the details of it. But if it doesn't lead to love, then it really is worthless. So how do, we show, how do we show that we know God? 
we love because God is love. God is from the beginning, before the foundation of the world. He existed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is not one person. He is three persons. And so they shared a union of love, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from all eternity. And they created this world so that the people of this world could experience his love, poured out, and participate in that love. But of course, we know that that is not always how things are. And so that leads us to the third reason. We should love each other because God loved us when we were sinners. We see that God initiated love with us. We love because he first loved us, it says in verse 19. And God loved us in such a way that he wanted to restore that relationship that we had with him. We've lost it. We have rejected his relationship of love. We sought out many things. And so what was needed was a sacrifice for our sins. They needed to be dealt with. God couldn't just ignore that, but he still wanted to restore it. And so what did he do? The only way in which our relationship with God could be restored was by sending his son into this world, what we're celebrating at Christmas time, so that he could be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And God had such great love for us that he was willing to send his son to suffer that terrible and horrible death on the cross, the pains and agonies of hell, so that we could be forgiven and restored in our relationship with the Father. That, my friends, is amazing love. That is the foundation of our love. Now, what should we do with it? What we might expect John to say here is, if God so loved us, then we should love him. And that is 100% true, right? If, God, if the God of the universe loved us so much that he would reach out to us when we were rebels and criminals in his universe and want to restore us to the place of sons and daughters of God, totally forgiven and restored, we should love that God, right? We should love him anyways, but all the more so. But it's interesting, John makes this little move that I want you just to, to, to zero in on. In verse 11, he says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. If God loved us in this way, then we also want to want love one another. So think about this. If God was willing to love us in spite of the fact that he knows our sin more than any of us know it, in spite of the fact that he's more offended by it than any of us would be by it, and yet still loved us, then how much more should we bear with one another who have not experienced the offenses in the same way that God himself has experienced it. If God has loved us and reached out to us when we were sinners, then how much more should we bear with sinners when we've received so much and God loves that person as well? If God so loved us, we should love one another. Fourth, we should love each other because God's love comes to completion in our love. Listen to what he says in verse 12. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And so his love, it's like, in order to be shown in this world, has to come through us. It's made complete. It comes to the goal that it is supposed to come to. And we should think about this in terms of ourselves because 
As I already noted, we're not the source of love. We're not the initiator of love. We love because God first loved us. And so we should not see as if we can just take love and, and, and become loving people on our own. God is the source of love. But we're also not a reservoir of love, as if the, the, God's love was to come there like a pool of water that would just sit there and just be a pool that's sitting there stagnant. That's not the, it's not just for us. We're instead, we're to be a channel because the God's love comes to us and it pours out into other people. And in that way, God's love is made complete in us. They may not see God, but they can experience the love of God as we receive it. It flows through us and onto other people. In that way, God's love is made complete in us. Rather, rather astonishing statement. Fifth, we should love each other because God's Spirit enables us to love. Notice what he says in verse 13. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And so we should see that, the, that John is telling us, inspired by the spirit, not simply that we have reasons to love, but that we also have power to love. That it is God working in us to enable us to love. As the Apostle Paul puts it, the fruit of the spirit is, what's the first one? Love, love right? So if the Spirit is there, then love is going to come out. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's how you know that you have the Spirit. And so we should, when we think about loving others and all the challenges that that entails, we shouldn't think that, that we have no resources to make it happen. We have the Spirit of God. And the fruit of the Spirit of God is love. And this is a source and power to love that can be continual for us even in the darkest places. As I've mentioned many times, read The Hiding Place is a good illustration of this. I just love how the love of God shines through. Corey Ten Boom, in that in the midst of even the darkest places of earth, we could think of concentration camp. It doesn't get much darker than that. But the Spirit of God was still there and enabled her to love and share the gospel with the people around her and to show love to them. So, we should love each other because we have the power to do it through the Holy Spirit. Six, we should love each other because we rely on God's love. Once again, I emphasize we're not the source of love. That's one of the key things here to see is like we're not the originator of love. We're not the ones who got it all started. We're not the ones who sustain it. We are, we, our love is rooted in God's love. Listen to what John says to us in John 14 through 16a. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. So we should love each other because we rely on God's love. So God does love us and loves us in an amazing way that we can barely begin to fathom. And what is that which receives God's love within us? It is the virtue of faith. Faith is that which accepts from another. It says to another person, I have confidence in you. 
And so faith is the instrument of receiving God's love. It relies on him. And what is it that makes us unable to love? So often it is our anxiety about receiving love. We worry about what other people are going to say, what they're going to think, what they're going to do. And, and then we worry about all kinds of other things as well. But faith is the anxiety cure. Because it says we have, we have a love that we can rely on even when people don't give us the love that we need. We have a love that is endless, that will not fail us, that will always be with us. That even if, others, even if our father and mother forsake us, as the psalmist says, that the Lord will sustain us. And so we rely on God's love. And the more we rely on God's love, the more we are freed from our anxiety about, all, about receiving love and receiving the things we need and being cared for that enables us then to be released for the adventure of love. We rely, we love because we rely on God's love. And so what that means is if, we're, if you're struggling to love today, that one, one of the things is we shouldn't just try harder, even though I will say that loving others is hard work. But we need to begin where John tells us to begin, taking it in more deeply, the love of God, relying on it more fully, going back to the source. And so if we find our hearts unable to move outwards towards other, move upwards to the Lord, rely more fully on his love, and it will open the door to be able to love one another. Seventh, we should love each other because remaining in God means living in love. 16b says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So the very definition of fellowship with God is about living in love. It's receiving from him his love, loving him back, being filled up, and then letting that flow over to others. So as, as John says to us, that's what it means to live in fellowship with God. It's not just prayer and Bible reading and meditation and fasting. That all those things can have their place. But it's also love that's flowing out to others. And so as we think about our devotional life and what it means to walk with the Lord, it's not just listening to Him. It's not just a vertical relationship. It's a horizontal relationship. Living in fellowship with God means living in love with others. Eight, we should love each other because love gives us confidence in the day of judgment or in contemplating the day of judgment. Now, what keeps us from loving God? When we see that God is against us, which uh, because of our sin, he should be, then that can cause us not to love God, but want to run from him like Adam and Eve did. And Martin Luther experienced that so powerfully because as he realized more and more, more and more clarity, the depth of his sin, he said, I hate God. Because he realized he could have no, he was shut off from him because of his sin. But when the light of the gospel that said there's free forgiveness, free acceptance in spite of what you've done, are doing, will do, simply through faith in Jesus Christ, then he had a restoration. And he learned to love God again. And I think that's what is in mind in verses 17 and 18. 
of chapter 4. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We were due a punishment from the Lord, but God gave the atoning sacrifice to suffer that punishment in our place. So we no longer have to fear before the Lord. But we know that whom God forgives, the, those, those whom God forgives, he also changes and transforms to be like him. So that as we see God's work in us and we begin to love him and love others and walk according to his commands, then that confirms that we have that faith which, by which we obtain forgiveness through the free gift of God. And we get more and more assurance as we walk in the ways of the Lord and see his work in us. And that gives us more and more confidence, which gives us more and more love and more and more freedom then to love others. So you're struggling today to love others? Settle things with the Father and the door will open to love. Ninth, we should love each other because our love of the seen shows our love for the unseen. Now, it's one thing when we think about love to think about people we know where we talk to one another face-to-face and touch each other and enjoy each other's fellowship. But what about a God whom we can't see? And even though the disciples... And John might have had this question because you know he had experienced Jesus face-to-face like we are this morning. But now, what does it mean to love Jesus? Well, there's a lot of things we could say that, but one of those things it means is that we love his people. Listen to what, and that's what, just what Jesus had told him. Listen to what he says in verse 20. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And so what he's saying is, how do we show love for the Lord? We gotta love those around us. If we don't have any love for those around us, for the people God has brought into our lives, then the love of God is not there within us. We can't say we love God and, have, and then hate the people around us. God's love is made complete in us in that we love one another. That's what Jesus wants to do. He says, if you love me, love my disciples. What do you say to Peter? You, you love me, feed my sheep. In other words, show the love to the people that I put in front of you. Our love of the unseen is shown by our love for the unseen. For the unseen. Did I say that right? Maybe not. Whatever. You got it. You got it. You got it. Number 10. We should love each other because Jesus commanded us to love each other. (laughs) So that is like so obvious, right? We believe in Jesus. My friend, a friend of mine was saying like one of his ways of talking about Christmas is when he talks to people He'll say, you know, do you, what do you think of this Christmas idea? Do you think that, that Jesus is really God, become a human being? What do you think of that idea? Pretty good way to bring up the conversation, right? But we're, we're talking here about generally people who believe that. That's why we're here, right? Because we believe in Jesus as God. We worship him. We believe that he is honored equally with the Father and the Spirit. And so we accept God's testimony about him. So If we believe that about Jesus, then when he tells us to do something, we should say, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And what does he want us to do? And he has given us this command. 
anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Jesus has a heart for his people, and he wants us to have the same heart that he has. So there's ten reasons that we find in this passage to encourage you to love one another. And what I want to say, I want to just apply this a little bit, and then we'll close. So the first thing, I want you to think about this. Similar to what I said about 1 John 3. Love is a big deal. When we tell people to, who, who believe in Christ what they're to do, we should say, read your Bible, pray, and love. We shouldn't just say, read your Bible, pray, and go to church. Because you can go to church, it's part of loving, but it's not exactly the same thing. We would emphasize that Jesus says to love one another. And that's just part of our life with Christ. There's no life with Christ apart from the love. This is the message we've heard from the beginning. So we need to get that higher up in our brain. It was interesting. I saw, I saw something on Twitter today that is taken from 1 Corinthians 16. And it says, and, and it, and the, and it says quit, stand firm, quit yourselves like men. And which is basically a call to be strong, to, to stand firm. But it's interesting, he left out the last part of that verse, which is do everything in love. And I just found it, we can kind of get that. We're going to stand for the truth. But also do everything in love. They, they go together. You can't throw one or the other out. Love is a big deal. But then, and again, mostly here, preaching to the choir maybe the literal choir. Um, one of the reasons we gather in local church is, is to be able to love each other. You know, it's easy to say I love people or just select people I'm going to love. One cool thing about the church is we have a variety of people here from a bunch of different backgrounds, a bunch of different ages, where we have the opportunity to show our love for Jesus by how we love one, one another. And so we need to be part of that. And, you know, one thing I've seen is in being part of a church on a regular basis, and I've been part of several in my life, is that it gives you the opportunity to really learn to love because you've got to work through stuff. If you run when things get tough, then you'll never learn to love better. There's been challenging times. There's been times where, where, I've had, where people have been at odds with me. We've, been, we've had times where, where we didn't know what to do, where we've had to where there's been division. And we got to work through that. But then we work through it. We have a disagreement and we talk through it. And then now it's like we're learning to love. Love is shown not just in saying, hey, I feel good about someone, but in working through it. That's what the church is all about. And so, and I want to encourage you. You know, this is a, this is a loving group of people. People who come and, and visit here, you know, and experience our church, they say that. This is, a, this is a welcoming, loving group of people. And you care for one another. And that's really good. But I, again, what we need to do is, is not just let it be something that we do haphazardly, not something that just we do it because we just happen to be here, but that we're more deliberate in doing it because this is a deliberate part of following the priorities that Jesus has for us. And so to be more and, more and more deliberate, more and more growing, more and more relying on his love so that we can have more and more space to 
love others. Does that seem hard to you? If it doesn't, you probably don't really, you're not really getting this. It is actually hard (laughs) to really love people consistently over time when they hurt you, when they do wrong things, when they're different, in all sorts of ways. Love is a challenge. But remember, we have an endless source, endless source of the power to love. We have God's love that encourages us, energizes us, and empowers us. And so remember, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so, dear friends, since God loved us so much, let us also love one another. Amen.